What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Golly Dating 101 podcast. Tavares here. Safa's with the baby as usual. Life is much different, but I appreciate y'all rocking with us. I'm showing love, showing support to the podcast. Despite the ups and downs and everything going on, we are almost at episode 100. Life is good. I'm, I'm very thankful that God has been keeping the podcast this long, been keeping your listeners engaged. Um, so many testimonies that we've been seeing, amazing reviews, so many, um, po- so much positive feedback, you know, so we're thankful, you know, that it's not that the podcast is growing, but that our spiritual lives are growing. It forces us to study, it forces um, you guys to examine yourself, it forces you to dig into the Bible, you know, so I'm just thankful for what this podcast is doing. So if you're new Definitely check out older episodes, find ones that that speak to your situation or to a friend so you can share it with them. If you're on Apple and you've been listening for quite some time, I'm hoping that you'll consider finally leaving a review because I know many of you guys are on Apple, but you're probably listening to this while washing dishes or something. So you never have your phone in your hand, but think about it. You know what I'm saying? Think about it. But (laughs) today we got episode 92 and I want to talk to you guys off a few things um, there's some thoughts that came to my head. So the topic is how to build them up spiritually. But the thought process that came behind it was from, I remember a guy reaching out. He didn't follow my page. He didn't follow Golly Dating 101. And he was just like, hey, bro, since my girl has been listening to your page, we haven't had sex anymore. And I'm trying to respect it. But you know, it's a struggle for me. This we were, you know, having sex so often. So now that we have to stop, it's, it's just throwing me off. And I've received messages like that before, but Dell was the one that got into like the most detail, seemed the most real. Um, and I don't know what's the, you know, what scenario you guys may be in that's listening to this episode today. Um, but I do believe it's important, you know, that especially if you're listening to this podcast and you're in a relationship, that you try to listen to it with them or you try to implement what you hear into your relationship. And I say that because that guy seemed devastated, you know, that his Christian girlfriend didn't want to have sex with him before marriage. And in my head, you know, we shouldn't have been doing it all along, you know, but instead of judging him or making it look like, man, this guy is, this guy is dropping the ball. I want you guys to actually take a look and see how you may actually be helping them, you know? So just a few things um, in regards to, you know, say you're dating someone who, yes, they are a Christian, but they're not where they should be spiritually. Um, you know, they're falling off, you know, they're they're lacking in their devotion, things like that. Or maybe some of you guys, you might have some friends, you know, friends that are in church, but they're not really in church. You know what I'm saying? You know how that is when we 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 check all the boxes. Yeah, I read, I prayed. Yeah, I didn't watch porn. Yeah, I didn't do this. Yeah, I did that. You know, we do the little Christian to-do list, but but that doesn't mean that our spiritual life is growing. Um, and I think a lot of times we we master the art of looking spiritual, but you know sometimes we forget to die to our flesh. We forget to pursue after righteousness. So I'm hoping you know a couple, just a couple things that I'm mentioning to you guys today that you guys will consider doing in your friendships and your relationships. And first of all, the most important thing in my opinion is to be honest with them. Um, Proverbs 17 and 17 says, "A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a difficult time." Um, and I think uh, a, a huge problem we have in Christianity today is that many of us have forgotten the true definition of friendship. You know, every man is a loner, you know, or maybe many of you guys, you consider everyone your friend when in reality, everyone is not your friend. 
Not everyone who's in church is supposed to be in your inner circle. Even Jesus with 12 close disciples had an inner circle. You know what I mean? So a lot of times I think we mistake what a true friend is in our lives. Um, you know, I think sometimes we'll get the impression that our friend is the person that's constantly, you know, giving us affirmation. The friend is the person that's always complimenting us. Hey, man, you did you did so great. Out. It was so good seeing you do this. It was so great seeing you do that. Hey, man, good job on a business. It's like we only view the person as a friend that's always praising us, that's always encouraging us, you know, that, that, that ride or die. You know, homie, my ride or die, man, we've been cool since third grade. You know, we go back like four flat, you know, what is it called? Four flats on a Cadillac. Um, we we think that's the person that's considered our friend, you know, that they always have our back no matter what. And in reality, yeah, a friend should have your back no matter what, but a friend does more than that. You know, biblically speaking, a true friend should be able to challenge you. I think many of us have been pushing away people that challenge us spiritually. Many of us have been pushing away people that correct us because who are you to speak to me? I'm anointed. I don't need you to tell me anything. I don't need to listen to my pastor. I don't need to listen to you guys. I, I read my Bible for myself. I think a lot of times we push away people, you know, and, and you're probably not even realizing it, but, you know, when you're drifting, it's easy to push people away. And I think you need to be honest with them because correction isn't a form of hatred. You know, that's actually a form of love. Even Bible says that whom God loves, he will chasten. That means he's going to discipline. He's going to bring correction. You know, that if your parent, if you grew up with a parent and they claim to love you, at some point they had to discipline you, whether with a belt, whether you were grounded, whether they had to take something from you, take something from you. But they didn't always just make you happy. And I think a lot of times we keep thinking that our friend is somebody who just constantly makes us happy. A true friend should be able to praise you when you're up, but they should also lo- let you know when you're falling down. And it's important that we, we we let honesty be the first thing in our relationships with the people that that we're seeing them, them struggle. You're seeing them becoming lukewarm. You're seeing them becoming carnal. It's important that you are honest with them that, hey, bro, you're drifting. Hey, sis, um, you're drifting. Hey, you've been man, you used to dress one way and now it's like, you know what I mean? You kind of let go on your standards. Hey man, you used to talk one way. Now it's just like, depending on who you're around, now you're cursing and now you want to be down. And, you know, being willing to be honest with that person is necessary, you know, because a friend is loving you at all times, but me loving you is me telling you the truth, you know, like, hey, um, and obviously, if you're, I'm not telling anybody, hey, your pastor said something wrong, go up there and start rebuking your pastor. You know what I mean? But I mean, real truth is like, like yeah, for a perfect example, your pastor will tell you um, either through the pulpit or, you know, speaking one on one, they'll tell you, hey, X, Y, Z is wrong. Why? Because they care about you. They care about your soul. And that's what loving someone actually does. You're honest with them to protect their soul. Um, the church has been, you know, in my opinion, negatively viewed because we don't support things. Um, this is the easiest example, i.e. homosexuality. Um, you know, people try to push a narrative that the church hates gays and the church hates this and church hates that. You know, if you don't support us, that means you must hate us. And in reality, that's not true. Or is it biblical? Because Jesus was willing to connect to sinners every single day. He was always willing to connect to them, but he was connecting to them in order to change them in order to save them, but he was never supporting their lifestyle. And we have to understand that if you're dating someone who is in sin, dating someone who is drifting away from God, you're dating someone who they are losing their zeal for God, they're losing their passion for the things of God, they're not in church like that, and you're not saying anything, then that means you are supporting their destruction. 
you are aiding in them falling away from God. You are aiding in them not desiring truth. You're allowing them to continue drifting without being a roadblock. You're not stopping them like, hey, fam, bro, we can't be doing this. We can't be going here. Hey, we need to We need to be seeking God. Hey, you're about to move to a different city. All right, did you pray about it? No, I didn't pray, but because the job pays six figures, I know it's the will of God. You know, I'm telling you, it's so easy for us to, 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 to love someone and then we're not willing to be honest. And you have to be willing to be honest because a lot of times when people are drifting, they don't even realize that they're drifting. You know what I mean? They may not even think about it like their actions aren't pleasing God. They just may be thinking, you know what I mean? I found a new way. You know, people think they're enlightened and nonsense like that. But in reality, you have to be willing to be open with them because you may be the only line of hope that that person may have. You know, a friend of mine, um, Matt Brown, wrote a book called Truth Plus Love. You know, and he spoke about the necessity of giving people, of not just giving, per, um, you know, a person one or the other. You know, just giving them truth or just giving them love. But he was saying, showing us how people need both. You know, you can't say that you love someone and you never tell them the truth. The truth about salvation, the truth about holiness, the truth about sin, the truth about what God says, who God says they are. You know, you don't tell them any of the truth about any of that. And now that can we give people the truth if we're not giving it in the heart of love? You know, because in reality, if you're just, hey, hey, you're in sin, you're in sin, you're in sin. And all they hear is how unholy they are, eventually your actions is going to push them away. And that's why it's important that we understand that, you know, the Bible mentions there are friends who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother, Proverbs 18, 24. And you have to understand that if you're pulling someone down, you're not an actual friend. You know, you're supposed to be helping them see where they're missing the mark and helping them get back up. The Bible mentions David and Jonathan, like David mentioned that his soul was tied to Jonathan, that his their soul was knit. He said he loved this man more than he had a love for the women that he had, meaning their friendship was so close that he knew whatever I needed, my brother was going to be there for me. And that's the way we need to be there for one another, being willing to be honest when the next person is in error or things like that. You know, so my 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 advice to you regarding that is don't pretend you don't see them falling back into sin. Like that would be foolish and that that would be unkind if we were to ever do that. Ezekiel 33 verse 8 says, if I announce that some wicked people are sure to die and you fail to tell them to change their ways, then they will die in their sins and I will hold you responsible for their deaths. But if you warn them to repent and they don't repent, they will die in their sins, but you will have saved yourself. So we see that God was speaking to Ezekiel about the seriousness of watching people in sin. You know, if you see an issue, if God exposes a, a weak spot in this person's life, saying this person is heading towards destruction, I need you to warn them. And you choose not to warn them. God's saying the blood is in your hands because you allowed them to walk towards death. So a lot of you are, are possibly maintaining um, dating relationships or even friendships, and you see them walking towards sin, or you see them pulling you towards sin. And God is saying, I'm leaving their blood in your hands because you had the ability to correct that. But if I tell you this person is heading towards destruction and then you let them know and they choose to ignore you, then that's fine because they had a warning. If you tell this person, hey, man, you keep trying to have sex and we're not married yet. If they're if they realize like, hey, I was wrong, then great. That person stopped themselves from, you know, leading you and themselves in a sin. But if they choose like, ah, I don't really care, then that's their decision. They can leave. But when you have friendships, you have to understand that you have to be willing to say something. You know, if God said they didn't repent, then that's on them. But you must be willing 
to be that roadblock. You must be willing to say something when you see your brother or your sister struggling. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. The second thing I'll say is we have to keep them accountable. I think accountability is something a lot of us are lacking in the church. Um, I think that's something that definitely needs to be talked about more often because many of us, we struggle because we're always alone. Um, The Bible says in Proverbs 27 and 17, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. You know, and there are a few things that I want us to learn from this verse. It's saying that one, iron is the one that's sharpening iron. You know, that shows that the same instrument is being used. When we are equally yoked, we are the same, considered the same instrument. We're in, we're in alignment. Say you and the other person is Christian, that means iron and iron, and you guys are helping one another grow. But if you're unequally yoked, you're actually doing more harm to one another than good. Like iron trying to chop wood, the 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 iron is, is going to become dull. So while you were thinking you were helping them, no, your iron was actually becoming dull. You know, they aren't able to build you up the way that God intends if they aren't spiritually stable. They have to be in a, a form, a, in a relationship with God in order for them to help you grow into who God has called you to be. Because it's impossible for someone who doesn't know God to lead you closer to him. It's It's impossible. They can't lead you to what they don't know. You may try to lead them, but you may also do a whole lot of compromising in the process. And that's why the Bible mentions that we shouldn't be unequally yoked. You know, and this verse also says that that we're sharpening one another. You know, so we should be the sharpening process is something that we have to understand. It's not something that's easy. It's something that that is showing us that we have to be intentional about it. We have to be consistent with it, you know, in order for us to avoid becoming dull. Because you can't just leave iron sitting there. But as iron works against iron, it sharpens the blade. And that's the goal. Some conversations can come across. Obviously, we know how we just know how this thing is going to go. People are going to say you're judgmental, you're mean, even harsh. But if the motives are pure and the approach is correct, then we know they're going to be able to grow. You know what I mean? They're going to realize that it's not coming from a place of, oh, you hate me or you Christians are holier than now or X, Y, Z, but it's coming from a place of, I love you. And I know that God expects more from you. So I'm going to help you. And that's why we need trustworthy relationships and not just dating people just because they're good looking or dating people just because they're in church or around people just because they're popular or because uh, you want to, you know, you just want to be connected. No, you have to find the right type of influences, whether in church or in relationships in general, because you want to find someone who's able to pour into you. The Bible saying iron is sharpening iron. So your iron should be sharpening theirs and theirs should be sharpening yours. You don't want to get into relationships where you're constantly pouring into everyone else and no one is pouring back into you. No one is feeding your spirit. It's just a matter of you you trying to help them grow, but they're not trying to grow for themselves. That's not the way that God intends for it, because we shouldn't keep investing into everyone else and not allowing our spirits to, to be fed also. So I want to mention a few things that accountability is not. Sorry, I had to drink some water. So accountability is not, you know, simply just hitting them up like, hey, what verse did you read this morning? Hey, sis, did you go to church um, this week? Hey, bro, um, God is good, isn't he? Listen, that's not accountability. 
That's that's small talk. That's not accountability. There's a quote that I found. It says genuine accountability demands that the person receiving the counsel or advice is willing to allow their friends to look for the vulnerabilities in their lives, to accept what they point out and then do something to fix it when they hear it. I'm going to repeat that one more time so you don't have to press, you know, rewind 15 seconds. Genuine accountability demands that the person receiving the counsel or advice is willing to allow the friends to look for the vulnerabilities in their lives, to accept what they point out, and then do something to fix it when they hear it. So instead of asking someone, hey, bro, did you overcome less? Nah, you get up in bro or sis's face. Um, but the person you're accountable to, obviously, you don't just go up in random people's face, but the person you're accountable to or the person... Um, whatever, either you to them or them to you. And instead of saying, hey, did you overcome less? You ask something like, uh, when was the last time you viewed porn? Because they cannot be broad with that. Like, ah, uh, recently. No, what is recent? Is that yesterday, this morning, or is that a month ago? What do you define as recent? Because if you ask someone, hey, how's your struggle with lust? They could just say, oh, it's doing good because they didn't watch anything in the last hour. But Okay, but are you still struggling? You know what I mean. When was the last time you watched a show with scenes that had sex in it? And you didn't take the turn. You didn't change the channel. You didn't turn off the the music when it was when it was inappropriate and it bothered your spirit. When that's what's the type of questions you should be asking? You know, because that's when it started getting real. That's when we learn um, how to keep one another accountable because many of us, we don't want our, our boyfriends, our girlfriends to get um, lukewarm. Many of you, you don't want your friends to lose their way, but if you're going to keep them accountable, you have to get real. You have to be, you have to be very specific, you know, because just trying to beat around the bush is not helping anyone grow spiritually. You know, the principle of accountability must mean that helpful and real conversations grow out of growing, loving, and constructive relationships. We have to be willing to challenge one another. If we love one another, if you're claiming this is a relationship that you want to go towards marriage, or if you are married, or if you have a close friend and you feel as though you're drifting, you have to be willing to come, obviously, with a loving approach, but you have to get into the real conversation, not this little kitty stuff that people are doing and, and hiding. Um, you know, everybody's a Christian until, you know, the Bible is involved. No, we need to get deep. Like, you know what I mean? What's going on in your personal life? Let me, t you know, talk to me. What's bothering you? You know, you're praising them, you know, and when you're accountable, you know, you're praising them for their growth, obviously, but you're also challenging them when you see them starting to regress. Like, hey, you know, that's like me in the gym. Like, say if I'm going to the gym and I hit a new personal record, I'd expect my, my spotter or my gym partner to be like, hey, good job, bro. But if they see me lifting way less weight and I'm not even injured, I'm just being lazy or I'm just going below my means, I expect them to look like, hey, don't you think we should put more? Like, hey, don't you think you should give a little more? Or if the, a person sees that you are out teaching Bible studies and you're always trying to be a witness and now they see you don't, you never talk about God, they should, one, they should have been praising the Bible studies. And two, they should ask like, hey, is everything all right? Like, hey, how do we get back out there winning souls? Whatever it is, we have to be willing to go to our brothers and sisters and either ask for prayer or to confront one another when things happen. Because James 5 and 16 says, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. And what that basically means, why, why I'm tying that in here is because there are a lot of issues you have that they are able to help you get through.
or you are able to help them get through if you guys are willing to, to confess your faults one to another, if you're willing to address issues one to another. Bible didn't say, hey, if you had your issues, confess it to the pastor. Hey, post it on social media. Nah, you could talk to other believers and find healing. You know, so there's a few things you can do, you know, to help encourage them, you know, studying together. If you see this person is never studying the Bible, they're not studying, then you study together. Like you ask him, hey, what are you reading? Yeah, I haven't been in my Bible lately, but you know, bro, it's been on TikTok for three straight hours. TikTok is so addictive, y'all. If you don't have an account, don't do it. Trust me. But my issue is, are you helping them study or are you just criticizing that they're not studying? Are you telling them they need to pray or are you going to like, hey, let's pray. Hey, let's go to the house of God and pray. Um, Hey, let's um, see God together, whatever. Hey, let's fast on Tuesday, whatever it is. You should help them in that process, you know, and that's something that obviously trying to work on even with us while being married, you know, because trying to trying to grow, grow together like you don't get much free time as a married couple with toddlers. Well, a toddler and a newborn, (laughs) you know what I mean? You're attending to the needs of kids all day long. But you know what I mean? But it's still great when you make the time because it forces me to keep Safa accountable. She has to keep me accountable. And if she wants to ask hard questions that I may not even want to answer, then, hey, we have to answer them. You know what I mean? So it's important that you study together, you know, and obviously you pouring out resources to help people grow spiritually because there are a lot of people like I, I didn't know this, but since doing this podcast and having people, a lot of people DM me, a lot of people don't go to church. And I don't think it's because of you know, the the COVID, I don't think it's because of that. You know what I'm saying? I think people just really wasn't going to church. They were just buying Bibles and never going to church again. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how people call themselves Christian and they just never went to church. But yeah, some people are really doing that. You know what I mean? So recommend that they get plugged in in their local church. Recommend what, you know, type of books they can read to help with their spiritual growth, the type of accounts they should be listening to, the the type of podcasts or music. Recommend the Godly Dating 101 podcast, um, which is the best podcast ever created. Not because I made it, because God made it. And the rest of these people, I'm joking, I'm joking. Let me stop. But, you know, if you see this person that you're dating is starting to have an issue with lust, you know, you could recommend books on purity or lust to them. Like there was a book I read as a teenager and once as a young adult. I'll probably read it again soon because I thought it was amazing, pretty life changing book. But Every Man's Battle, um, it really helped with my battle with lust. I know a lot of women. I know they have a, a version for women and I know of some women that actually did read that. So I'm sure it's a great benefit. Every Man's Battle, Every Woman's Battle. Um, if they need books on prayer... I know there are tons about tons of them out there, but the best book on prayer I can think of right now off the top of my head is Why Revival Tarries by Leonard Ravenhill. Um, yeah, that's the best one I can think of off the top of my head. I should have wrote this down. If they're like things like, hey, what's my purpose? And I don't know, point them to, you know, Tony Evans, Kingdom Man, Kingdom Woman, whatever. But at the end of the day, you want to point them to, to how they can grow. Don't just allow them to be on their own, if that makes sense to you. And the last thing I'll mention is that you should be encouraging every step of growth that they're taking, whether it's a baby step or not, whether they're preaching, whatever, um, whether they just posted a Bible verse, whatever, just show them that you're thankful, you're, you're, you're grateful seeing the steps that they're growing in. You know, the more you see them in the word or taking initiative and spiritual disciplines, that's your cue to encourage them. If you see this person struggling to grow and now you see that God is working in their life, you should be encouraging them. You know, the Bible mentions that when David was dancing before the Lord, but, you know, because the glory is coming back, they're getting the art back to the children of Israel. It says that his wife mocked him. 
You know, his wife is criticizing him. Like, why are you dancing, bro, to your clothes falling off? Like, what kind of garbage is that? That's the approach that his wife took. You know, and her character was obviously exposed. She never cared, truly cared about spiritual growth or about spiritual things. She was worried about her image. Man, look how people are going to look at the king. We can't look like that. She was worried about image. She wasn't worried about God. So we need to understand that that we need to be focused on the right things. You know, understand that people are not our property. I know many of you, you're just focused on having a boyfriend or girlfriend, having a spouse. That They're not your property. We should desire to see our friends live in a way that honors God. We should want them to serve Jesus, whether we marry them or not. Please understand that is the most important thing because I know, especially when single, listen, I just want me a fine girl who loved Jesus. But at the end of the day, who cares how fine she is if you see her fine as ever and she's heading towards hell? She's not growing. Like that that serves no purpose. We have to be willing to put that that main the keep the main thing as the main thing. Um, you know, and we see that Macau's critic um that's David's wife, her critical spirit caused her to end up barren. God wasn't pleased with her actions and she ended up barren. When we look at people like Job, he went through a crisis and his wife wanted him to curse God. So it's just getting from bad to worse with some of these women. And then we see that, you know, how we act when our friends are struggling shows our true faith in God. Because if you see Job in a crisis, in this situation, Job is your friend that you're witnessing struggle. Job is your boyfriend or girlfriend that you see kind of drifting, you know, or you see kind of wavering, or you see kind of kind of in a season that's like not producing any fruit. It just seems stressful. How you act in that season shows how much you really care about them and how you value yours and their walk with God. Because you should encourage them to keep trusting God despite what's happening, not encourage them to backslide. And that's what many of us are doing when we when we date people and we enable them, we enable them to keep walking in foolishness. We don't correct them. We don't say anything. You're encouraging them to leave the church. You're encouraging them to leave the will of God because you're not saying anything. You know, we should always be willing to speak up when we see our friends drifting or when you see them in a in a crisis season. Um, you know, building them up, you know, is important when you see them when you see them doing great. Awesome. Praise him. Also point out the flaws like, hey, we need to work on X, Y, Z. I know you may not see it, bro, but bro, you've been looking mad prideful. Sis, you've been looking a little bit only too focused on your looks. Like it's not wrong being beautiful, but can we focus on Jesus a little bit more? It's not all about you. When you're willing to have those conversations, that's when true love is obviously kicking in. You know, and obviously I'm not telling you to become the holiness police, you know, let the Holy Spirit bring conviction. I'm not telling you to, to create a legalist culture and you're trying to control what your boyfriend or your girlfriend does, but you want to make sure that you're pushing them towards growth. You know, I heard a quote, and I'm sorry if I'm saying it wrong, but I believe it was Billy Cole. He said something like, for every one person that drifts into pride, 10 more drift into, discour- 10 more drift into discouragement. And I think that the, the, the point behind it is they're saying that oftentimes the church does a poor job of praising people. A lot of times we're afraid that people are going to end up prideful if we praise them. People are going to end up, you know, trying to take God's glory every time we praise them. But in reality, there are so many people leaving the church because they feel like they're not good enough. They feel like they're not righteous enough. They feel like they'll never get it together. You know what I mean? But if you're able to praise them, you know, and you're giving honor like, hey, man, good job. You know, good word. Good man. I love the way you led praise and worship. Hey, I love that you're you're winning souls and you're being uh, you're using your social media to, um, you know, to share the gospel. Whatever you're doing, when you say comments like that, obviously that person has to monitor their pride, but you're encouraging people to continue serving God. And a lot of times people don't continue serving God because they just feel like they can't get it right. 
So we have to be willing to encourage one another because in my opinion, motivation goes a long way. If I feel as though, like, let me use this page, for example. I don't like doing a, a weekly podcast. I mean, I, I mean, I love the podcast and I love the, um, putting out content. I love the feedback. But there are some times when I'm just like, man, I'm, I'm tired. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know I'm going to take a break eventually, but I'm just like, some days I'm just like, oh, let me just take a month off. And then I'll get a DM saying, hey, I was going through a situation that you tackle, tackled in episode XYZ. So thankful for your ministry, whatever. And even episodes where I feel like uh, this didn't get enough listeners or I feel as though this is a topic I don't think relates to that many people. I still get a message saying, hey, man, I honestly believe God spoke to you because of this. And I'm not saying I need that affirmation to keep going. I only have a weekly podcast because I believe God led me to do a weekly podcast. But my point is, a lot of times we don't understand the power of motivating someone. Um, You know, I remember my wife mentioning how nervous she was to do a Bible study at home with me because she's looking at it like, well, he knows more Bible verses than me. I don't want to use stuff out of context. And I'm like, girl, I don't care. I am happy you are trying because we cannot correct. I cannot even correct you or challenge you or say anything if you're not doing anything at all. So we have to learn to encourage one another. You know what I mean? The Bible is saying iron sharpens iron. You know, it's not telling us, obviously, to bully people into Jesus, but you work on them. You help them. You push them closer towards God. I believe that's what God wants to do in our lives. So I hope that this episode shed some light, you know, in regards to helping um, some of you guys, because I know a lot of you guys, you'll date someone and once they get lukewarm, if you love them, you ain't leaving. If they get on your nerves, you know, that's when you think it was the devil, but not every relationship you need to end. You know, some relationships, the person just needs to grow just like you did. Maybe you got saved before they did, or maybe you started taking your purity serious before they did. But at the end of the day, I don't want you to end a relationship that God placed you in just because you think they're not quote unquote meeting the mark. You need to see if maybe they're willing to be challenged in order to grow spiritually because I would hate for you to get in marriage and then realize that your marriage is lukewarm or then realize your children end up lukewarm because the spouse that you chose to overlook all their issues, they continue along that same path. So yeah, man, thank you for staying to the end. Subscribe to Patreon, support, join our weekly Bible study right now. We're in the book of Galatians and we are loving it every Thursday night. See y'all, Patreon family. Love you. Peace.